Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings. My name is Dwight Hammond and today we are in part two of a Bible teaching series entitled Conquering the Thought Life. It's about renewing the mind, which is a big part of spiritual warfare. Thanks for joining me. I count it a privilege uh, to get together today. Let's get ready for God to bless us with his word. For the next few minutes, I would uh, like to share some study notes from my free ebook, Warfare Briefings, Volume 1. And you can download it for free at victorybriefings.net, where we teach how to use the word of God for a victorious life. Now let's get right into pulling down strongholds and imaginations. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 4, is one of my favorite passages. This, perhaps, has the most powerful foundational scripture on spiritual warfare in the Bible. There's a lot going on in these two verses, and this will really help you understand spiritual battle. We're going to talk about um, some word meanings today, praise God. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 and 4 says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh verse 4 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to pulling down of strongholds now let's look at uh, some of these words the word walk is pretty simple that's how we get around (laughs) um Almost everything we do, we do in the flesh. We eat, drink, sleep, and work. All the time we're stuck in these uh, flesh bodies. We spend a lot of time thinking about how we look and feel. We are so bound up in the flesh that it's difficult to become spiritually minded. The word weapons here, Paul has a list of spiritual weapons in Ephesians 6 verses 13 through 18. We're not going to go there today, but that's a place where you can get Paul's list of spiritual weaponry. We could study this list for a week of Sundays and not finish, but basically our list of armor is the Word of God, His Spirit, His faith, and our prayers. With our prayers and declarations, we use God's Word in His Spirit and faith. Amen? Okay, our next word here is warfare. Warfare comes from the Greek word stratos, and it's where we get the word strategy. This, this lets us know that uh, spiritual warfare is not some accidental, unplanned event. Okay, uh, The devil has schemes and strategies in place before he ever makes an attack, so we too should have a battle plan. You can have all the armor in place, but without a strategy, you're going to fail. We must listen to and obey the Holy Spirit for a successful fight. Don't look to the flesh for the battle plan. It will fail. Your natural talent and intelligence will fail in spiritual combat. The battle is in the spiritual realm. You must give your attention to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God for your strategy. And don't be shocked if the Holy Spirit gives you a plan that doesn't seem to make sense at first. Realize that he operates on a higher plane than you, and he knows all, and you know only in part. That brings us to the next word, pulling down. 
Pulling down simply means to demolish, cast down, destroy, demolition, destruction, pulling down. And the word strongholds is from the ancient Greek word describing a stronghold, a fortification, or a fortress. And this word was later used in the New Testament times to describe a prison. So Paul's talking about a castle that keeps you from breaking in, or a jail that keeps you from breaking out. Strongholds are so reinforced that they can only be destroyed or pulled down by the power of God and the strategies of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your spirit. Strongholds are lies that the devil has reinforced so deep in your mind and in your belief system that they exert power over certain areas of your life. When a person has a stronghold in his mind, he has a thick invisible walls like a fortress or a prison, preventing him from hearing the truth or preventing him from sharing the truth. Someone may try to help this person only to discover that it is impossible to break through the invisible barriers that surround an area of his mind, and the person remains a prisoner to those lies. A stronghold will keep the person from realizing that Jesus has already set him free from the enemy in those areas of his life. Strongholds are spiritual, and the barriers are invisible. But they're not mystical at all to a spirit-filled Christian. Strongholds are not silent. They are arrogant obstacles. They blab everything about themselves through words and actions all the time. The devil can't keep his mouth shut. But it takes the spirit to hear spirit. You may not realize that you have a stronghold. But someone in closer fellowship with the Holy Spirit could maybe help you. One kind of stronghold, often pride or high-mindedness, an attitude of self-reliance. I already know all about that, or I, I'm okay, I don't need this, that, or the other. Oh, I'm okay, I don't need that. Um, those kind of thoughts, those kind of th attitudes, takes the power of the Holy Spirit to pull down that fortress so that the Word of God can heal and save and deliver. Hallelujah. Another type of stronghold is a low self-worth or low self-esteem or guilt. Someone saying, I wish I could share the gospel, or I'm afraid to do this, that, or the other. This way of thinking has you in a prison, and it must be pulled down by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. A stronghold in the mind is the devil's most effective way of stopping the word of God from flowing in or from flowing out of you. And without operating in the Holy Spirit, a Christian is imprisoned and does not have the power to speak God's word effectively. Oftentimes, the stronghold is a habit of saying wrong things. Another stronghold is some traditional teaching that has built up and reinforced your way of thinking. Strongholds are made of thoughts and words that have continually entered the mind over a long time. Whatever you watch, read, or listen to is going to affect what you think, believe, and say. An unbeliever may say that Christians are brainwashed. My reply to that is, they'd better be brainwashed, need to be washed in the blood of Jesus, and renewed in the way they think. 
For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. You see, it's a spiritual law. That's the way humans were designed. It has to do with having a free will. Here is 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6, from the NET. Verse 3. For though we live as human beings, we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. We are also ready to punish every act of disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Let's take it to heart and declare it by faith. Amen. I live in a flesh body, but I am not at war with flesh. My weapons of warfare are not physical, but on a spiritual level, powerful and capable through God to pull down and demolish any strong point or argument against my faith. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The weapons are for casting down two things, imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Both these areas deal with the mind. Our battle against the devil takes place right between our ears. And we need to think of the knowledge of God in this verse as our relationship or our closeness to God. That's what we're fighting for. The devil doesn't want you to have a relationship with Jesus. He doesn't want you operating in the Spirit. He's going to alienate you from the, from the Godhead as much as he possibly can. And the battle is in the mind. Okay, another word here is high thing. High thing is from a word, hoopsoma, some elevated thing or place, a barrier, exalted, lifted up. Now, the word captivity is from a, a Greek word meaning to make captive, lead away captive, or bring into captivity. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, from the Weymouth translation. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, For we overthrow arrogant reckonings and every stronghold that towers high in defiance of the knowledge of God, and we carry off every thought as if into slavery, into subjection to Christ. I like that version of the, the verse. The mind is the battlefield in which thoughts and reasonings are contrary to God's word. They need to be captured and submitted to Christ, our commander. Just as enemy soldiers are captured in war, so rebel thoughts must be taken captive and made to submit to our commander. Jesus Christ. Here's a proclamation or declaration for you. I cast down any reasoning thought that rises up against my relationship with the Holy Spirit and what I know about God. I take captive every thought and subject it to the obedience of Christ. 
When I recognize a thought that's not in line with God's will, I capture it and subject it to what the Bible says about God's plan for my life. Hallelujah. My friend, it is my prayer that you get this into your heart. Protect your relationship with the Father and His Spirit. Hallelujah. Next time in part three of the series, we'll learn more about conquering the thought life. In Philippians 4.8, we'll find a practical way of renewing our minds. The next podcast will be called Think on These Things. Until then, God bless you, my friend. I hope you are subscribed and will share this message with your friends. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net.